Yeah, so uh, is, is anybody, so the, for those that have been here, is anybody lost so far? Or a little lost or, or confused? I mean, like, I mean, I, I realize there's a degree of, you know, digestion that has to occur. But, um, you know, if there's anything I can clarify so far, please, like, go ahead and ask before we, or if, there, if there's, like, been a looming question in your mind. Then, yeah, sure. Yeah, so uh, we're hope, I'm hoping to eventually get into Christology, you know, like systematics. But we've been talking about um, God, like as God. I know. Yeah. I, well, that's. <laughs> Oh, well, my point is, is, is uh, basically uh, the appropriate way to speak and talk about God to kind of help dispel, um, you know, I hate to say, to help dispel errors in our thinking sometimes, I think that can easily occur. So um, I'm hoping that's kind of, uh, especially as we get into Christology, that that kind of is what the result is. And so... Um, today, I didn't send out a message, I know, warning you to um, bring your A-game, but you still should. Um, uh, for those of you who, uh, so somebody asked me last week, like, what texts or books besides the Bible I was using, uh, and I have a stack of them over there, so feel free to explore, and some of them, some of them I wouldn't recommend starting off with, but there's a lot of them that are really great, uh, so... I'm just just saying, like I'm not trying to pedal. I, like I have, I'm getting no like kickbacks from this. I just what's up? Hey, what's that? Oh, oh, good morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not. I mean, I have no, I have no skin in that game. I just, you know, just saying that um, that's what it is. So, so really today I was going to, uh, it was suggested to me and I think it's a good idea to, uh, sort of clarify, uh, what we've gone over so far. So for those who haven't been here, uh, my, you know, it might be a good summary. Um, and hopefully with my drawing now, I don't claim to, so this is unorthodox for me. Um, I don't claim, so you have to bear with me. I know that's, I know I say that every lesson, but like you're really going to have to bear with me as I draw stuff or write words that may not be intelligible. Um, so you started with peddling and now you're doing unorthodoxy? You know, that's, yes. Um, so, so, the ex, so the expectations for today are basically, I'm hoping that we can kind of cash out a lot of the assertions that we've made so far, a lot of the sort of things that we've gone through. Um, somebody's unhappy. And then... Um, uh, but mainly show, and this has been kind of the goal from the beginning, to help you get like more of a profound grasp on how just different, as we show how we should talk about God, how just different, in a good way, it's good, it's a good difference, how different uh, we are from God in our being. So um, with that, I did want to start out with a, sort of a lengthy passage. So Isaiah 40, if you want to go ahead and turn there. Um, I realize that um, I'm kind of just talking and taking up time, so I, we do need to get started. Uh, Isaiah 40, so verses 12 uh, through 26, and we're going to read from there. Uh, Isaiah 40, 12 through 26, uh, and then we'll ask the Lord, as always, to, 
to bless our time. So, um, yeah, this is, uh, this is the word of God. Who has measured the, oh, by the way, I'm reading from the ESV. I'm improving. Um, sanctification does happen. Um, uh, so Isaiah 40, 12 through uh, 26, I'm sorry. Uh, who, has measured the, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span and closed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor its beast enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him, and they are counted by him as less than nothing in emptiness. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol? A craftsman cast it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold, and casts it for silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretch out the heavens like a, like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as an emptiness. Scarcely they are planted, scarcely sown, scarcely their stream taken root, stem taken root in the earth. When he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these, who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might. And because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Let's ask the Lord to bless our time. Uh, Lord God, I hope we see in this passage, Lord, that um, you are incomparable. There is nothing to which we can compare you to. Um, Not only that you are unlike anything on this earth, but God, you give being to all the things on this earth. And God, as you see, as we see and we read in this passage that uh, that that you do so, it is utter foolishness to to compare you to something that is that is made or or created uh, totally and completely. And Lord, as you as you have told us in this passage, not only is it foolish to compare you to such things, but you are the one that gives being to all these things. And so it is foolish for us to worship those things instead of you, the one true God. Help us to understand by this passage and the things that we stay, say here today, your transcendence and your incomprehensibility, <coughs> that you are given nothing and need nothing. And Lord, but, but, but we depend wholly upon you every moment of our lives. And Lord, I prepare our hearts. Keep me from... Keep me from speaking air, and God, I pray that you help um, that you help us to uh, get ready for worship, Lord, as you as you teach us these things. Uh, Lord, we love you and and we thank you. Help us to stand in awe of your Majesty. In your name, Amen.
Okay, uh, yeah, so welcome. Um, as we said last week, we said God is one pure, simple act. Uh, he exists uh, kind of as a summary, as a simple unity in Trinity and Trinity in unity. He is composed of no parts, passions, or anything basically that's reducible, a reducible thing that if added or taken away really alters his essence or who he is. Okay. This is what I think it means when he says, like in Exodus 3.14, as Jesus says, um, saying the same thing in uh, John 8.58, I am. Okay. I am. That he is not only singular, but that he contains the plentitude of being, which all other beings, like our passage says, if you look at it closely, um, that our passage says derive their existence. Okay, So we see kind of in that passage that not only is it foolish just to worship idols because they're idols, but it's foolish because God has made them, made creation, which we, like he's made the very silver and gold and the wood that we use to try to worship him with, which is... You know, Romans 1, just an abomination and downright silly if, we, if we're honest with ourselves. But he contains uh, everything else derives their existence from him. Uh, another way to say it is that uh, all that is in, in God is, is, means that God is uncaused and everything other than God is caused. So that, that's, that's the, sort of the basics of the creature-creator distinction. So... Um, uh, I'm going to use the board today. Uh, how I appreciate this. Um, we did raise it a little bit. Wow, <laughs> um, but but you can thank uh, Dirk and um, Daniel and, and John and uh, all that. So uh, anyway, so I'm going to try to talk. I'm going to try to talk louder because I realize that I'm not over here by the microphone. But uh, have you ever uh, have you ever been like in a Sunday. Who's taught like children's Sunday school here before? Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, no, that's fine. Um, I don't know that I've ever taught like children's Sunday school, but I know, or at least probably some of us still ask this, but I know that uh, I know there's always that kid, and I was, I think I was that kid, who who invariably asks when you're talking about God, uh, hey. Uh, yeah, all that's great, but um, where did God come from? You know, it's, and it's like, uh, that's a good question, son. Um, but I'm hoping, that, and I point that out because I'm hoping that we see that we can answer that with more than just like, well, you know, God, God comes from nowhere or he comes from nothing. That's technically untrue. What, what I hope that we see so far is that, well, really, and, and no, we, I, don't, I don't recommend that we would say this to a child. We wouldn't say, well, that's an invalid question. Um, but, but it is. But it is. It's like, well, that's not really the question to ask, is it? So, um, but, but with that, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to uh, show sort of uh, some of the past things that we've gone over and uh, in light of that question sort of help us answer that. So forgive my my crooked line that I'm about to draw. That's pretty good, right? A little wavy, but it's good. Huh? It's a little wavy. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an instantiation. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Um, I'll stop. I'll stop. So, so to kind of illustrate what we've been talking about, uh, so like on this side, you can think, you know, a 
Can everybody read my writing? You look far. Barely. Barely. Is it large enough? I'm just messing it's around. It's good. It's okay. Just this whiteboard might have been a bad idea. Can you see? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be like, okay. Um, so on this side we have a creature. I do write better than this, but okay. And so here, let's pretend we have a line. And uh, so between God, creator, and creature, we have, I think we could agree, sort of an infinite gap between the two, right? Okay? Everybody with me so far? I hope so, because this is only the beginning. Um, uh, this is what my notes look like. So just get ready. Um, that's how get that. Um, so, so... To kind of illustrate what we've been talking about these past few weeks, and I can't go over um, every point again, or we'd be here into the service and nobody wants that. Uh, the first thing that we would say about God when we say that, for example, that God is simple is we would mean God is independent. Okay? Independent. So what is that... What does that mean? Uh, basically, we would say that God is the technical term, I say, or that he has, I say a T. Didn't tell you, right? Anybody give me a definition? Self-existence. Self-existence. That's exactly what I have on my notes. So, on the other side, so with a creature though, so you can think of this as sort of, uh, you can think of this line as being, like being itself, being as being, uh, going this way. Um, but for the creature, we would see, anybody get dependence. Okay, so like falling under these two categories, we're assuming dependence or independence in D. Everybody with me so far? Okay, is this helpful? Because I'll, I'll do this every time. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so so not not I'll say. Okay, so. Dependent existence. Might have to abbreviate it. This is going to take forever. Um, can we think? Can we think of any intelligence here? Any any sort of like what what would might logically flow from this? We just talked about cause. God is uncaused. Yeah, he would be uncaused. So so I'm gonna put that under here. Uncaused. And so that would mean that creatures would be cause. Okay. So we have an independent, self-existent being, uncaused, versus dependent, not self-existent beings that are caused. And they get their 
being from the ultimate cause, which is God, right? Okay? So what does this entail? I'm going to draw these arrows to show, I think, where they should logically go. If God is uncaused, then he must be simple. I'm probably going to run out of room. Okay, and what does simple mean? We talked about this last, uh, the time before last. Not composed. Somebody said? Not composed. Not composed, so not composed of parts. Parts. So non, non, I'm going to put non-composite. Now, there's a debate about simplicity currently in reform circles and whether we have to follow Wynan principles or biblical language instead. Uh -huh. Guys like James White are arguing for biblical language. John Frame's arguing for biblical language. Basically, they say we don't have to be Roman Catholics in our view of simplicity. Mm -hmm. uh, so, paying attention to that, Paul, that conversation. Yes, and I would, I would, I'll just, I'll be uh, straightforward. I would be, I would be on the classical simplicity side. And I'm on the other. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. But, 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 but just to get that out of the way, so that's what, um, that's what I'm showing here. Yes. We need to unravel that, which I'll to just talk about. Okay, I don't know that we have time to do that here. No, we're not going to do that here. Um, yeah. That, that, there have been reformed fellowships have split on this issue, and there should not be that kind of split. There should be a unity with difference. Okay. Well, I would, I would, I would, the only thing that I'll say about that is I would contest that our confession teaches this. Well, yeah. Well, that, well, okay. Well, well, that's where, as, as, as brothers, we can, of course, disagree. But, um, but I think that I think that the model follows this, and. Um, this is uh this is what I think um because John Brandon would say God is simple but complex. Okay. So Okay, well, well we can be complex and still be non composite. God is complex, but he's also simple and he's not be broken Well well I'll tell you I'm never gonna get through this if we if, <laughs> if we if we debate this right now. So um I'm just giving a review of what we've previously done. So okay. I think I think Sure. 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 But that's not. I don't think that's not. That's not the the. Uh, that that's not what this discussion is. Okay. Well, let's, let's take. Let's, let's take one. All right. Let's do it. All right. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you bringing that up. Okay. So. So simple non-composite, despite what you would entail from that. So we would say and agree on that he is simple. Okay, correct? Alright, so creatures, however, you have what? You got parts. Parts. You got fingers. You have complexity. And uh, I heard John say something earlier that said it's not just, I mean, parts of any kind. So it's not just, it's not just material parts like a body. You know, fingers, toes, and all that other stuff. And it's not even parts in the sense that, well, well there, there's, a, there's a dichotomy, at least most agree that it's like a dichotomy, but um, you might have some with a trichotomous view. Um, 
that humans are composed of what? Body and soul. Body and soul. That's a form of composition. Okay. So we have to recognize, too, that there's immaterial parts as well. Um, so you have what's complexity here, like body. That says body. Soul. Um, but the thing to take away from it is that it's, it's, um, it's a parts in being. Okay, that's the thing to take away from it. So parts in being. Or parts qua being, however you would want it. Okay. If we go back to God, on the other hand, we have we have all these things that we would call attributes, right? So like wisdom, love, goodness. What's another one? Justice. Justice. Okay. I heard mercy. Okay. But the difference is this. Here, you have, and I'm going to use humans as an example that you could use, like, like with last time, like cats or something like that. But you have, you have humanness, okay? But in addition to this humanness, you have properties that go along with it. And I'm just, I'm using, uh, I'm using, um, more modern language there, but I think it's more helpful for our venue. So properties there. And what I mean by properties, well, wisdom, love, you know, we can be just, we can have some form of power or whatever. But these things, so for example, I cannot be wise, or I can lack wisdom, or I can even be so, so let's add something else in here, physical. I can be short, which is true. Okay? I can be short. I can have wisdom or lack it. I can be short or tall. I can have... I can be good, bad, whatever those things. But these things can actually be taken away or added, if you want to do it that way, and I still retain my humanity. Okay? So here with God... You have wisdom, love, goodness, justice. But unlike us, it's not like an addition thing. It's not plus, 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 and then you get God. Okay? It's just is. Okay? So these things aren't things that make up God. They're not parts, is the best way to say it. But they are God. Okay? Alright, follow me so far. Yeah, and, and when, when, it, when we talk about humans, I mean, we talk about our, our qualities, we gain and lose them. Um, yeah. Which, which, and we also have those that are accidents. You know, great things have a, a, accidentals, whereas yes. God is, have, has only that which is essential to his. Yeah, being. he's just essence. Yeah, so I mean, we can gain wisdom. And, 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 and those are things we can gain, but God doesn't gain. God doesn't even know, like, we know our knowledge is analogical to how he knows. Yeah. Because uh, right. every fact that God created that. No, I'm glad you brought up that point. Analogical. It is analogical. So we can have wisdom, we can, or we can be wise, we can have those things in degree and variation, but God is those things. Okay. All right. So moving on. So the result is there's no distinction in 
phrase that we would use is that all as, all that is in God is in God. Or God is his essence, if you prefer, so on and so forth. Whereas with humans, we saw that that's not the case, right? Hey, Richard, can you repeat that statement you just made? All that is in God is God. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, we can automatically see, I think with that, that brings out really well the difference between the essence-existence distinction that we talked about a while back. Okay. So you can have an individuation if you combine humanity or humanness with properties and get an existing human individual, right? You can have me. Right. 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 Exactly. But good looking. Good looking. Yeah. Um, wise. Modest. Yeah. <laughs> Humble. Yeah. Um, and, and you could take a, you could take the same human as their essence, um, combine it, and I'm oversimplifying here, but combine it with I won't say different properties, but, but different degrees of those properties, and have a different instance of a human, which or a different individual, right? Self. Yeah, perfect. Unlike me, tall. <laughs> so, so point is this, um, and then here I would say essence. I'll just add to help throughout the point home is existence. So they're only conceptually distinct because we're talking about them. They're, it's it's one thing with God. We're here, we see that that's not the case. Okay, everybody got me? I know my writing is terrible. Just just hang on. Um okay, so it follows then that there is no division. No, I'm just going to put this. No division in God's being whatsoever. Period. Full stop. End of story. Right? Whereas here, for us, there is division in being. Who we are and what we are are really distinct. Okay? So you could say here, no change, no change, not change, change. You could say here, and I'm not going to write it this time, because um, I'm running out of brain, that's all the reason. You could say here, there is no corruptibility, no corruptibility, I don't mean like bad, I mean like there's no change from one point, one state of existence to the other. He doesn't, God doesn't move through different moments of existence, like succession or something like that. If he did, that would even mean that he's not eternal. Right, and it's not that he just, he doesn't age, he doesn't experience time at all. But he enters into time. Yeah, he communicates with his creatures, but he himself does not enter into time. God himself is transcendent is what is the clarification that I would make. Well is time a created thing by him to start with? Yes. It is. It's a good point. So it follows then Richard? Yes. That's a quick question. You said who, with with humans who we are and what we are are really distinct. Mm -hmm. Could you like just very briefly elaborate on that? Yeah, so what I mean by that is like you're you're human, that's what you are. Yeah. Okay. But um, 
who you are is Dirk. And so you have, you're characterized by various features that don't necessarily add to your humanity. Another way to say it is that you are not the subtotal humanity. Yeah. 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 And that was the other thing. Like, that's the other side of the coin. It's like, it's like you couldn't say, you, yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't say, I am humanity. Like, that's, 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 I mean, well, co- coherently, you, would, you couldn't be able to say that. So, uh, the, point, the point is this. Um, if we affirm that God is simple, we're saying that, on the other hand, composition equals Contingency. That's key. Composition equals contingency. That means change, corruptibility, something that could or could not be. That means that in this in this category, we're not necessary. We're not necessary things. We're contingent things. In this category. You have a necessary being. God necessarily exists. Everybody got that? Okay. All right, how much time do I have left? Oh, I have a little bit of time. Yeah. I have one question on that. So when you say not necessary, not necessary to God's existence or not, how, how do you mean you're not necessary? I know you've talked about it before, and I don't think I really caught from what it meant by that. It means we could or could not be here. So, like, God could choose... The simplest way to say it is that God could choose not to create or create us. Right, we don't add anything to God, so... Yeah, so... could or could not exist. Yeah, but God necessarily exists for, for some of these reasons that I showed earlier. Okay? This all has to do with composition. Everybody kind of seeing that, starting to kind of see the connections? Which relates back to the kid at the beginning. It does. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's in summary what we talked about in our second Sunday school. Um, uh, so hopefully, hopefully that helps. Uh, at least helps it sink in a little bit more. So I'm gonna try to. Oh, this is gonna be good. There's a script bottle. Practice this on your kids at home. <laughs> no, 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 but you saw my notes, right? <laughs> That's why it's a. Uh, That's why I said be gentle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. I worked really hard on that. Oh. Yeah, so that, that, that's in essence what we were saying as far as that, that if we affirm that God is simple, all we're doing is affirming a creature-creator distinction. And not only that, but that God is a necessary being. If he's a necessary being, he can only, he, there can only be one necessary being. So when, you, when, we saw, when we talk about monotheism, we're not just saying that there is one God, because there could theoretically be one God that's just like the 
top, like, so, like, you have a Zeus that, like, killed all the other gods, but, you know, he's not simple. Like, this means that there can only logically possibly be one being like this. So if you had more than one necessary, that makes them a kind, so therefore yes. they're not... Yeah, we, 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 would, we would say there's some kind of divine category or genus or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that opens the doors to all other kind of issues. But I'm going to try to steer away from that uh, this time. Okay, so I'm going to try not to violate the um, second commandment here uh, and uh, talk about the Trinity. Um, I don't know the best way to do this because I usually don't use pictures and stuff like that, or drawings, I guess you could say. But we'll start out like this. So we said God, so we're moving on to Trinity. God is Father and Son. And I'm going to say HS because it's easier. So God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? Well, God is His essence, right? Alright? So this means the essence of God is I draw two lines to emphasize. Um, uh, so God's essence is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, if that's the case, we're using is as sort of an equal marker here. I'll turn this way, too. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, it's just a turn to my right. Um, so, there's no real distinction here. No real distinction between saying God's essence is... So God, in his essence, is a triunity. Again, full stop in the story. What would you say to John Frame who says Trinity could actually be called an attribute? I would disagree. <laughs> what? I would disagree. Scurious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, not, there's not a distinction. This, this, his essence is Trinity. He exists this way and has always existed this way. I know it's hard. I, this is not going to forgive my faulty analogous speaking. No. There's only one kind of God that exists, and that kind of, I hate using the word kind because it's not, there's only, but that kind of God, that is the only one that exists, exists in Trinity. Like, yeah. It's not a yes. God, it's not, it's not, um, it's not a part or like a way. The only I say essence is a triune essence. Yeah. I think that's where, to put another way, is that God's triune essence is the only I say essence. Yeah, that's why, that's why I wanted to emphasize the equal marker here, because you can't, there's, you can't have, like, you can't have it another way, okay? Well, how, did, how does that keep it simple if you have, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's why I say I can't review. I can't review the whole. I'll try my best. So as we move forward, so I would say, so as we talk about it, 
I'm just going to write father. Um, and the only reason I'm writing them this way is to show something in the middle. Um, son and the Holy Spirit, right? I don't know if this is the traditional way of writing it. Um, God. Okay? So, do we agree? Period. End of story. God. Okay. Um, essence equals Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, I'm avoiding... I'm avoiding drawing a triangle or something like that. And the reason I'm avoiding doing that, and I am going to draw lines in a minute that look like a triangle. But for a different reason. Um, uh, is because that uh, because I don't want to give the impression that there's some fourth thing here that makes up God. So there's not like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and essence of God. Okay, that would be a quadrinity or something like that. So that's an error that we want to avoid. Okay, God. But, as we talk about the persons as persons, we say that God subsists, that just means exists in a certain way. Okay, God subsists. Subsists. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> and what we talked about were peculiar relative properties. Well, what are those? Well, all those are Yeah, so this is where the triangle comes in, but not for the reason. <laughs> so, the Father begets. Right? Mm -hmm. So that means the Father is unbegotten. And that makes the Son what? It's always been this way, by the way. So don't get hung up on the words here. Um, and was exist outside of time. Yeah, outside of time. Eternality is important here. Uh, and also, from the Son and the Father, Eastern Orthodox would disagree about this, just putting that out there, um, come what? Spiration. <coughs> So the spirit proceeding, <coughs> right? That's pretty straightforward, that thing. So it's these peculiar relative properties, and only those peculiar relative properties, I can't stress enough, that give rise to the relations, or that help us talk about the relations, I should say. So God then subsists in three personal relations. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying. I'm trying to get time more time here. Um, what are those personal relations? Boom. Yeah. This is the way. This is the way 
and the only way that we should differentiate God in himself as persons. Okay? Period. End of story. You wouldn't say that the Father was crucified, though. No. No. Just you could them in the roles. Yeah, that's why that's why I pointed out God in Himself. Not I'm not talking about um, I'm not talking about His roles or acts I mean, of creation. We say the Father's not the Son, Son's not the Father, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit is you know, not the Father. You know. Right. So I mean, there's a distinction in persons. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why that's why I'm highlighting that. We're not, we're not, we haven't even touched on God's acts in creation. We're not even touching that. We haven't gotten all this triangle yet. We need, we need, like, <laughs> we need a, I'm, I'm serious, we need a, uh, something longer than this one sign. This is, I like this, but we need longer than what we have because if we have Father is unbegotten, Son is begotten, in the, in the finite thinking, but they all exist at the same time, how do you get one not create the other, even though I, I understand the background of why it can't be that way, mm-hmm. but we need longer than our little time we have. <laughs> well, there are limit. as I said before, there are limitations to our reasonings about God. So we have to remember that. So, how, how? I don't know. <laughs> Both our confession, the London Baptist and the Westminster, both make it very clear in chapter 2. This is uncomprehensible. And we have to remember that. We're trying to reason this out here. And there's been theologians back to the first century that went. Yeah, no. I am, <laughs> I am only reasoning. So, so don't get wrapped around ourselves, wrapped around the axle here. Because, you know, we, we, he's laying it out very clearly. Basically saying, God's over here made up of one thing. We're made up of a bajillion things, folks. We're never going to figure out that one thing. Yeah. We will someday, because God's going to go up. When we get to heaven, God's going to go, here it is. And you're going to go, what? <laughs> that simple? Yeah. Yeah. Until then, yeah. we're just going to go. Did, in Adam's unfallen form, could he understand this? He probably. At a point, I mean, yeah. So, so if, if, I, if Adam was human, and he was, uh, there, I, don't, I don't believe. I, don't, I mean, even when we get to heaven. God is still infinite, and we're still finite. Yeah. And this is, I mean, to your credit, this is a very difficult topic to cover. I was, you know, I briefly was in the PCA, and when I tested into the pre-PCA, they asked me to explain the Trinity uh, on the floor of the session meeting. I just kind of laughed and said, you want me to explain it, or do you want me to give you the historic formulation? Yeah, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, this is not, I've gone, I've tried to only go so far as... What historically others have done. I mean, like, so when you start asking, like, how is it this way? How do you have it? Look, that's where it starts going. Let's just bow the knee. And I think that's where uh, what you mentioned of um, revelation is that, you know, these things God has revealed in His Word, and that, you know, sometimes we're not able to put all the pieces together, but it's still very much so clearly revealed. And this is the uh, lisping utterance of a theologian mm-hmm. trying to understand the magnitude of who God is and how He has revealed Himself to us mm-hmm. through analyzing language. Yeah. And so that's what that's why this exercise of y'all are just really looking at this, seeing it for what it is, and why they are getting excited 
it's because we're talking about God as he has revealed himself to us as, as creatures. So this should be an absolute Yeah. What... That's the last thing I'll say because I think we need to go. But what I will say is that um, if we were to be if we were to be able to have a longer longer time to talk about this, what we would see is that it doesn't necessarily that we can make sense of it. But what we can affirm is that we don't have a contradiction in God's oneness and unity and His Trinity. So we can you may have something weird there in our minds, but you don't have a contradiction. Okay, and that, I think, that's about as far as you can go. So, if, but if you ask me to affirm how, how this actually works and how, like you were asking, like, how do you have three but also have one? And say that positive, to, say that in positive, like, you know, like, positively, without negation. I'm going to go, well, I don't know. Here's the, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's all I would say about that. So, um, I had more, of course, but... Um, you know, I'm glad for the questions. I'm glad that, um, you know, we could talk about some of these things. So um, who would like to close this in prayer? I got you. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this class in which, and Lord, I thank you personally for Richard and uh, for the students here who have, are engaging with this material. Lord, it's difficult, but it is always important to remind ourselves that the doctrine of the Trinity um, truly is uh, a bedrock for our soul. Whereas we understand it, it uh, influences all of our worship, all of our further talking of who Christ is and what he has come to do for sinners and what he will do for sinners. Father, uh, this doctrine extends throughout all of your scriptures and extends throughout the great body of divinity that we have been passed down throughout the millennia. Father, we ask as we think upon these things, as we endeavor to understand it, Lord, that we would simply submit our knee down to the God who has revealed himself in his infinite work and that we, as we study these things, only merely grasping at that which you have revealed. Lord, may we just simply recognize that you are great, you are grand, you are holy, completely other. And it's because of that, Father, that you are worthy of worship. Help us, O Father, as we come before you now uh, to worship you in the spirit of truth. We ask this in your son's holy and perfect name. Amen. Amen.